This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by James Sife and overnight we've had the news that Crested Dick has resigned. But James, it's not a resignation in the purest form. So Crested Dick yesterday morning was saying that she wasn't going to resign, but she had always made clear that if she lost the confidence of the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, she would go. And I think that is what she felt had happened. She, Sadiq Khan had asked her for a plan to deal with the various cultural issues in the Met, exposed by the kind of Charing Cross WhatsApp group. She sent that to him. He said his office made clear to her that that plan was inadequate and she would need to send something else in, at which point she decided to resign. Now, the appointment of the Met Commissioner is is a tricky situation because it basically requires the Home Secretary and the Mayor of London to agree on a candidate because the Met Commissioner is obviously not just the head of a London police but also deals with various aspects of national policing like counter-terrorism, protecting VIPs, visiting heads of state, um, Parliament, Buckingham Palace and the like. And so Priti Patel and Sadiq Khan will need to agree on who the next Met Commissioner is. Now, it is not straightforward that that is going to happen. For example, Neil Basu, uh, leading officer in the Met, is admired by Sadiq Khan, but I think he would be viewed as a uh, as, as a no go by Priti Patel because partly because of his attitudes to policing, but also some criticisms he had made of, of Boris Johnson in the past. So the question now is: you know, who is the acceptable candidate for both Priti Patel and Sadiq Khan? And I think there is also some tension between Priti Patel and Sadiq Khan in that the Home Office were making very clear last night that you know they had not been consulted by Sadiq Khan on his actions and before he took. Yes, and it's been interesting, James, hearing the minister on the broadcast round this morning because there definitely seems to be um, some confusion or at least a lack of clarity on whether the government thinks this is a good or a bad thing that Cressida Dick has gone. We know that Priti Patel renewed her contract. She was granted another two years. There have been, there's been plenty of pressure on Boris Johnson to reconsider Cressida Dick's position. And Robert Courts today, Transport Minister, was saying, you know, well, she's she's done a very good job. She's, you know, suggesting had a very good legacy, but it wouldn't be drawn on whether the government supported this or not. So what are you picking up? So I think when Cressida Dick's contract was extended for two years, the kind of briefing from the Home Office was essentially not... We're really proud to be extending Cressida Dick contracts. We think she's doing a great job. It was essentially, we can't think of anyone better to do the job, so we are deciding to extend her contract. There is an issue, which is there isn't an obvious candidate to see Cressida Dick. And there are also tensions, again, because I think Priti Patel and Sadiq Khan have quite different views on what the issues with the Met are and how the Met should police and so I don't think this process is going to be straightforward I think we are as always going to get into this argument about whether you should be prepared to look outside of the UK to hire in a candidate I think that is unlikely in that the police and crime minister Kit Malthouse who also sits in cabinet is very opposed to that idea he thinks it should be a British policeman in charge of the Met and so we look back now what names in the frame you know Mark Rowley former Met head of counter-terrorism Hugh Ward former head of the police service of Northern Ireland these are names that are floating around this morning, but I don't think there is a consensus yet on who the front runner is. 
And you mentioned the debate in government because Sadiq Khan also gets a say over who's going to be the next Met chief. And we also get back in a way to Boris Johnson because we know there's a police investigation into parties. Does this affect this at all? So it looks like Crystal Dickey is going to stay on for another few weeks while this work on her successor goes on. And given that the, the, what the police said on Wednesday about how they were, they were planning to send out these questionnaires this week and people would have a week to respond, those decisions may still be made on Crystal Dickey's watch. But I think it is undoubtedly creates a political complication. You've already had the Lib Dem saying, well, Boris Johnson can't be involved in choosing the next commissioner of the Metropolitan Police because he might be sent one of these questionnaires and therefore it would be inappropriate for him to, to, to be involved in the decision about who would ultimately make these decisions about fixed penalty notices and the like. So, so it, it definitely adds another complicating factor to this. Now, in economic news, uh, we have the news today that the UK economy has rebounded with a growth of 7.5%, despite falling back in December due to Omicron restrictions. This is the fastest pace of growth since 1941, but there was a 9.4% collapse in 2020. Is this the type of good news? I mean, Rishi Sunak's out today, James, saying that the economy has been remarkably resilient. But in terms of the... I suppose the larger fiscal picture and how much room the Treasury has when it comes to things like tax cuts is too early to tell. Yeah, and I think we also don't yet know what growth is going to be this year. And we don't know what, you know, for example, Boris Johnson has announced he's bringing forward the ending of all the COVID restrictions and that, that he will announce that when Parliament comes back from recess. We don't know whether that is going to kind of spark a kind of boom in consumer confidence of people going out and doing more things, spending more money, or whether people are going to look at the fact that inflation is high and decide to sit on these savings that they put, that a lot of people put away during the lockdown and think, right, actually, given that inflation could be eating away at our living standards, we're not going to spend this money. So I think mean, the, the, the crucial question is, is how much of those savings do people choose to spend and what does that do to the growth? Now, the situation in Ukraine goes on and we're going to be focusing on in that on our Saturday edition this week. So I thought for now, James, I mean, Boris Johnson has made it to recess. So I think if we think about, I'll have a little bit of a look back to what it's been like for Boris Johnson since uh, he returned from Christmas in Parliament. It's clearly been very choppy at points. And I think there are some MPs who didn't think he'd make it this far without a confidence vote. Do you think there is a sense in Downing Street that now turning the corner? We've had that mini reset, we've had a mini reshuffle, we've had some announcements, and as things stand, he, his position, you know, does not appear to have got worse than it was, you know, a week and a half ago. I think as Fraser Nelson says in his Telegraph column today, a lot depends on what happens. I mean, it's a statement of, uh, it's not a shock to our listeners, but a lot happens with this police investigation. I think if he doesn't get a fixed penalty notice, he will say, look, I haven't got one of these. And he will then try and say to Tory MPs that, you know, now you need to give me time and this new team to try and show that they can deliver results. Obviously, if he does get one, I think he's in, you know, in, in a very bad political position, as we've discussed. And do, do you think in that situation, MPs on the right of the party too would turn on Boris Johnson? I think it's very hard to see how he could survive that. And so I think that you... But I think the, the big questions... The but next, most obvious danger point for him is not just the police... And then the May local elections. If those results are bad, but just kind of mid-term bad, I think he'll be able to say... Look, it's midterm, inflation is high, living standards have been squeezed, but you know, we've got ideas on how to kind of ease the cost of living crisis and the like. If those midterm election results are Cheshire and Amersham, North Shropshire bad, then I think the Tory party will take panic. 
Thank you, James, and thank you for listening.